Hey, it's Britley, and I want to talk about the new episode that I am doing. So I'm going to be releasing some mini interviews from a live show. Um, It was a show on October 15th at the Granada, and it was a memorial show for Lee Scratch Perry. So I get a chat with Emch from Subatomic Sound System, Addis Pablo, and Zeke from the Green Line Crew, and... I really enjoy chatting with these guys, um, and I really hope you enjoy my mini interviews. This is Excelsior. They call sibilance, which is like from S's or P's. Mostly that it's the S, though, is the problem. I always feel like I have a lisp. Is that... (laughs) The the de-esser will solve all your problems. Okay, that's cool. I need that. (laughs) Yeah. But well, these are these are good mics for if you're doing like field recording because they're kind of focused. But if you're doing it in a room that was quiet, you could get a room that's probably, I mean, get a mic that's maybe more natural yeah. sounding, you know. Okay. Mic is an instrument, really, you know. It's yeah. like a lot of people think of it as just like the thing that you use to capture instruments. But every microphone has its own character. And the way something is recorded is as important as the notes played, you know. That can give it so much character. Yeah, that yeah. is so true. Yeah, I just found these. I did some research, and I thought that these would be good enough for a little setup. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. We can't go wrong with this. Uh, yeah. It's the Shure mic. I remember Larry. This, no, these are not 58s. I don't know what these are. But, yeah, Larry, who plays percussion with us, he's 84 now, and he always says that no one ever got fired for putting a Shure mic on. It's <laughs> like, you know, you put it on any instrument, it'll sound okay. It works. Yeah. It works. It'll probably work better than most other things you can put on yeah yeah yeah, exactly that's at least for live things you know studios you can get like fancy mics yeah that's awesome and he'll be here tonight too right larry yeah yeah awesome for sure yeah you should talk to all those guys larry's got amazing stories yeah i would love to get that set up Mm -hmm. for sure well yeah would you like to introduce yourself to Uh, okay my name's emsh from subatomic sound system and we're here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, to do a uh, memorial show for Lee Scratch Perry, who passed away suddenly on, uh, unexpectedly on August 29th. And um, we, uh, we worked with him in Subatomic Sound System for about 10 years. This band is his backing band. And uh, due to the situation, you know, the health, um, restrictions in Jamaica related to COVID and all that, like people were not able to attend the funeral, including us, including even family members. It was limited to a very small group of people. And we had the idea to do these shows as a way that us, you know, wanted to be there as well as other, you know, friends and family and fans all over the world. You know, we could go to cities where we knew that there were a lot of people who loved him because we've been there for the last, every year for the last 10 years, yeah. doing shows with people we wanted to do something where we could have some sort of a you know not exactly a ceremony but uh, you know not a celebration of his life I guess yeah. you know and yeah. it, just and seemed it didn't seem right to, to not do that you know and I know right. a lot of people over the past year when things were very bad a lot of people died and had no funerals or anything and just for someone like him it meant so much to us and so many other people we were like uh, even though these are still kind of challenging times for musicians and venues and people are wary about coming out we just said hey you know like uh, 
we'll take the risk, you know, both like, you know, we don't we want to we don't want to put anyone in an unsafe situation, including like ourselves and like members of the band. But you know, we want to be able to, uh, you know, want to be able to do do it right. So that's what we're here to do. Yeah. So how long it took you a while to get this um, like set up? I'm sure with all the restrictions and. Yeah, I mean we. Uh, uh, the promoter for tonight's show is starting a new event called Dubwise Minneapolis, and he had already reached out to us, and I think he had mentioned to me he had already reached out to Addis Pablo about coming to perform, and so we had already been in talks about doing it, and then when this happened with Scratch, another venue had reached out to us about doing a memorial type event. It was the owner of the venue originally suggested it, and once we started talking to her about it, we said, okay, well, we have this other show and there are a few other places we wanted to do this kind of thing. So we just put, put a few together and said, let's, let's see how this works, see how everyone feels about it. And everyone feels really good, including, you know, Scratch's wife was very supportive and happy oh, wow. that we're doing something to, you know, keep his memory and his spirit alive, you know, yeah. through his, his music for will, his Will she be coming? No, she's in she's in Jamaica. Okay. So yeah, she's living down there. So I mean, even on the tour, she didn't really travel. She doesn't like to travel okay, so much anymore. Sure. She's been on the road with him so much, you know, everywhere for so long that she yeah. at a certain point retired from traveling on the tour. So I can see that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's awesome. And then, how many cities are you hitting up for this? This is the last of five. Okay. And like I said, this is sort of a trial run. Even Addis was asking me. He's like, "Oh, we should do we should do more of these." Yeah. So. I think the response has been really strong from people and we there are of course other cities we go to you know with scratch on tour that we're planning to you know go to there's no way we can't go to like you know San Francisco Portland Seattle Chicago but it just it came together kind of you know in a short amount of time and usually we, you know we plan a tour several months in advance so we're trying to figure out when we're going to do the next shows you know oh, very but, cool. but you know we also we didn't know how it was gonna go coming out trying to do these shows right. with, like I said like law restrictions and laws and all that stuff. So uh, you have to be prepared to yeah. cancel everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, you just you don't you don't know. Things are very like unsure, and for musicians and venues that have been closed and kind of unable to work the way we did for the last yeah. year and a half, it's kind of like um, you know coming back into the sunlight like is this could we do this could we do this again like we want to but is it you yeah. know is it gonna be a problem what are the problems gonna be so you don't know you don't know until you do it so right. it feels good to be out and, and and doing it again it's like people need it for their souls yeah you know? once we start doing it we realize like not just for scratch but how much it's like <clears throat> just in our dna at this point to, to be doing this and right. it was like very disruptive for I mean, everything, your everything, soul, everything your, everyone, your soul, your physical, your mental health, everything is just to, to be able to get out. And yeah, just, be creative. And yeah, music is like part of life. It's one of those things that no, you know, no one's ever found like a medical reason or, you know, uh, a, 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 an explanation for why music exists in every example of human culture throughout oh, history wow. around the world. But it does like music and some sense of like God and religion has always existed in every culture and usually kind of intertwined, yep. <clears throat> which is kind of something that was like uh, a part of like Scratch's view of life. He, uh, you know, is a Rastafarian, so uh, he had 
you know, a lot of similar views in common with everyone who ascribes to that, but he also had his own views about nature and, uh, you know, inspiration for his music came from like the sounds of nature, you know, like the thunderclap, the, the hurricanes, the, oh, you wow. know, the, you know, animals in the jungle, like that, uh, that was a big part of, um, you know, what he said, his music was like a representation of, so... Uh, I feel like he kind of tapped into something about like the essential, you know, like the need for for music as it as it is attached to something that's fundamentally like human and part of yeah. the, part of the world, you know. And I, to me, like I think of it too as, um, you know, the name of our group is Subatomic Sound System. So yeah. we, I'm kind of interested in like the, you know, the at the lowest level the subatomic level of particles you get down and everything it turns out is like vibrations uh, you yeah. know positive and negative charges and vibration and in fact like that's what music is right mm -hmm. so if at the very lowest level of all nature of every piece of matter in existence is vibration then maybe that explains right there why music is so important it is literally the most fundamental building block of everything we know as existence is vibration wow. and music is the harmonization of vibrations I mean what could be more powerful than that you know to me I think like music we're living in a time where music is greatly you know underappreciated and devalued like music is all around people take it as something that's like uh, you know uh, anyone can do or not worth you know it's it's 99 cents to buy a song or it's nothing to just stream yeah. it anywhere it's like there's no monetary value yet it's been kind of commercialized and devalued down to a point where it's just like it's lost all that respect <clears throat> like I said when you look back and previous cultures like music was oftentimes like you know the royal court mm -hmm. that was sacred. the music, yeah, music it was sacred. sacred and it was attached to religious ceremony I yeah. mean when you That's think about any yeah when you think about any great uh, moment in people's lives, whether they're celebrating a wedding or a funeral or a, 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 a victory, a parade, anything. There's always music involved. Yeah, it's tied. Yeah, tied to all, all these things that are. Or, or can you imagine like listening to a, a, watching a movie with no music? Music is like drives your e emotional response. And these are like very deep, deep and essential things. But I would say the average person doesn't, you know, doesn't think of music in that way. Um, I think musicians do, certain yeah. <laughs> musicians do, and certainly Scratch, one of the things he always said to us was like, you know, even with Bob Marley, he said, you know, the most important thing for him in making music was that it's got to have a spiritual element. Mm -hmm. And there are certainly songs Scratch did which were like party songs or whatever else, but really like there was something mystical and spiritual tied into the core of his music, and that was something... Like that nature, you know, like as here as the rocks, lighting, turning up, you like, you get that feeling, like that same yeah. pureness, you know. No matter what the topic, it could be some, you know, world, but yeah. that was inside every, especially yeah. in that era when he was like, you know, I mean, right up until normal, especially when he was you know, in his time, I was really going, yeah, really, you know, just doing 100%. And your father the same way. Scratch always talked about your dad is like, yeah, they were close. And I think that was like the basis of it. He always said your dad was like a very good person and a spiritual person. And I thought I could feel it in his voice. Like he didn't talk often about people that way. It was like he respected him for for that, you know. And I think it's able to work so like because Scratch didn't he worked with everybody, but he didn't get close with everybody. So yeah, I think he was one of the people like Bob as well who right close. 
more bond you know, yeah music. yeah and that's what i was gonna say about bob is that not that he wasn't a spiritual person but that his music transformed with scratch like that was one of the things he said he said with bob he pushed him to get into like more spiritual music and even kind sure. of you know political music rather than just you know party music you know yeah. like uh, you know the early if you look at the even early photos of bob marley and the whalers they're in you know shiny suits looking kind of like a motown uh, trio and yeah, yeah totally different vibe he met scratch you know got into a, a whole different mindset wow. and the music they made you know was changed you know changed the world right like so um so yeah i think that's um that's one of the things that for us uh, he instilled in us and why we want to like pay respects doing these memorial shows but also like you know carry the torch forward yeah. you know and it's like his music Addis his father's music yeah he's doing the same thing so Which it's like awesome. this yeah. night in particular I think is special that we're coming together because we've done some works together and yeah. uh, in the past and you know Green Lion as well like we're all friends we're all of a similar mindset so it's great to sort of come together and celebrate you know the, the the forefathers the ancestors and, and keep that going because i just think it's something that's absent in a lot of music these days you know it's yeah. you know when you think about a lot of people think about music that's maybe religious or spiritual they think of you know like i don't know something christian rock or christian <laughs> rap like no one thinks that's cool i mean i don't no. know you know it's kind of like marginalized it's almost like yeah. it sounds corny as soon as you say it yeah but you look at talk about like reggae music and it doesn't have to just be right it's like yeah. as long as there's spirituality and music good music soul music whatever it's like it adds another dimension and power to the music that gives it like a resilience over time that I think a lot of music that's made these days doesn't yeah. it's like uh, disposable almost and that's you know? why yeah. you find that a lot of times you know, people sample these songs you from back in the like the hip hop man then would sample these soul and right. James Brown and jazz and funk yeah. it's undeniable like, that song is just when you put it in the it's just good it's just like wherever you to it especially if you know how to put it together with other it's like it's a masterpiece because it's just it has that soul energy as it was the same. Like, yeah. Whatever you put that on, it's just gonna, it just latches on and just makes it like something. It's like a, like a divine DNA. Yeah, just plug it into your thing and it's like, you know, it, yeah. just, it gives it that spiritual life. You know, like, that. It's interesting because uh, I've thought before, I traveled one time to, uh, to Morocco and uh, I was thinking about all the, the patterns that typically, you see a lot, you know, in, um, you know, in a mosque, Muslim religion, you can't have any sort of portrayal of God. You know, the Christians will have, uh, you know, like Jesus on the cross and things like that. Which is a little ironic because the Bible says there should be no idols, you know, or at least no false idols. But anyway, that's another story. But uh, the the patterns like in a mosque, the interlocking patterns, um, which are kind of prominent all through the Middle East and, and go back to Africa. To me, I, I feel like that I've talked to people about this before and no one has really told me that they've you know heard of any like study or history of this like I'm I've kind of put this together on my own but I see like those interlocking visual patterns which are supposed to be a representation of the infinite uh, the infinity of God in fact I don't have my my Ethiopian cross on I don't know if you do but it's it's uh, an idea. It's got crosses that that repeat, and the idea, same as in the, you know the Muslim in the mosques, the patterns that you see like on the ceilings and things. It's like uh, infinite repetition. That the infinity is what re represents God or divinity, which also to me is like an interesting concept because I think a lot of people like reduce like religion, uh, Western religion, to the idea of like a 
God is like kind of like a father, an authority figure, yeah. almost like, you know, like the king or the police or something like that. You know, yeah. he's like the higher power than them that everyone has to report to. Yeah. But to think of God and divinity as more of like a just a, an infinite consciousness interconnected in the same way, I, you know, I think Scratch, a lot of his ideas about the interconnectedness of nature and why he, you know, was a vegetarian, the way he saw his music as a portrayal of nature. I started to think to myself, these interlocking visual patterns used in religions are also very similar to like the drum patterns in traditional African music back to the, the very beginning. And I started to think, well, what if, you know, these musical interlocking, like complex polyrhythms are just a, an audio uh, version of that same sort of visual yeah. repetition. And that those are also, in the same way, a representation of don't, God. Don't they have like water patterns too with sound that kind of create something like that? Water patterns? Yeah. I don't even know about that, but uh, that when sounds... You, when, you, when you eat the, like, the instruments in the water, it makes the effects. Yeah. Like ripples. Like, uh. If you're not like a rock guitar or something, you put the same instruments in the center here. Uh. Uh, the drum, for example, it would just, you know? Yeah. You have a different resonation, resonation in time to touch it, you know? Like, uh. the notes are the yeah. go hard or soft. Interesting. It's not the wave. Same thing like you're saying, the waveform. It's like, yeah. when you're talking, though, it reminds me of, because we use computer, like the waveform of music, like the oscillating and the, you know, so, yeah. the patterns are like the same, you know, like the interlocking designs, because the same thing, like the wave just keeps yeah. on, you know, it's like forever, it doesn't, it's never, it's never ending, like it's just like, it's continuous. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. That's it's like crazy. Yeah. These are these are some of the things we think about. Now that you're talking about water and the ripples, like yep. that gets into the whole idea of what we do with like dub and echoes, the idea of like, mm -hmm. you know, we're so used to time as a as a linear thing, but in music some of that repetition starts to get you like almost it creates a moment that you almost like a meditation where you're just in it yeah. and time stops and with some of the things you know we're doing with the echo it's like catching and repeating time and sort of collapsing it on itself it's yeah. maybe a little bit of that idea of the the ripples in in water i mean i think i love water too i always feel like there's a connection there with water because oh, water yeah, of course sure. waves sound waves yeah. there is it's like very similar, a connection yeah. there you know yeah. and you know these days with like working with computers like addis was saying it's like you it's back to music getting a visual represent, representation the where you see the waves, the exactly. you know, yeah. and yeah. it gets you thinking about it more because it's it's depicted in a way that, that's visual. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's so cool. So, um, tell me how long I know you told me when we weren't recording, but tell me how long you've been oh. with. Yeah, I mean, we. I started Subatomic Sound System with another producer in 1999, a guy named Noah, yeah. the Rhythm Doctor, and he was a bass player. We were working on another project actually with a dude that was like a, an MC, and uh, we were doing more like hip hop and drum and bass, but we were both in reggae. Noah actually played in a, like a live dub reggae band, uh, and uh, we started doing like producing some like dub tunes, just kind of like for fun. We didn't really think like, you know, we're doing that because at yeah. the time we, I don't know, it was just like one of those things where you didn't think like, I don't know, that that was gonna, yeah, that people were interested in it. You partly just besides like to do us, it. we yeah. just like to do it, and we found like the reaction to those was in a way like, you know, better than the, the other stuff we we're doing. Sure. And then the uh, the guy was the MC. He actually got a job like DJing for this woman Dido, who was a really popular singer at the time, and like went off on tour. And we were like, all right, well, I guess we're not doing that anymore. Let's mm -hmm. just do do our thing. And then we started getting more into 
you know, doing what we do and start coming up with a, a way to do it live. Since we were musicians, we were making music that typically would be played by a DJ, but at the time we weren't DJs. And we were like, well, it didn't really make sense for us. And also at the time, like, you had to press your music to vinyl to play it. And we were like, sure. well, you know, like, that doesn't really make sense for us. We're not already DJs. You know, we ended up becoming DJs because yeah. there was like an expectation like, oh, if you're making this kind of music, you need to perform as a DJ. So yeah. we did that. But then we also were coming up with ideas like, how could we do this live? And we wanted to figure out how to make it more like dynamic and the whole format of dub mixing like you know particularly like Lee, guys like Lee Perry and King Tubby it was like a it was like a improvisation on the mixing board and with what they were doing they would record the band and then you know they would basically remix the recordings and add you know effects especially spatial effects like echo and um, reverb and things like that to give it like depth and cool. echoes and um, you know maybe add some sound effects and filtering and things like that um, a lot of things that are very like prominent now in electronic music, you know, it had an influence far beyond the genre of reggae, and th that was called dub. So for us, that seemed like a good format as musicians to do something more related to that, because it allowed us to use like you know our musical knowledge. And so we started doing stuff with him playing bass. I was doing you know mixing off the computer, and we had a, a bunch of different singers. Um, singers rappers we were in new york so we actually had like a group of like nine different singers and rappers we do a show and it was like <laughs> it's like wu-tang clad or oh, something but a lot awesome. of women a lot of women and uh two of them were one was like a reggae singer and one was more of like a chat you know you would do chatting like dance hall style mm -hmm. and we were playing a lot of warehouse parties in brooklyn and we found that it was interesting that like the way people reacted to the reggae stuff was so good at the parties we were like oh, we got to do let's just do more of this because we we love to do yeah. it but it was interesting because we were playing in front of audiences that in many cases weren't familiar with reggae at all like or their familiarity with reggae was like bob marley that like, you know the average sure. american yeah. has had very little exposure I, i've done my own investigation of that there's a whole story <laughs> for that why that is it has a lot to do with like marketing budgets of major labels or you know jamaica being a former UK colony that there was much more marketing of reggae all throughout you know Europe and UK Europe exactly. yeah and you know the the competition they you know didn't want to compete with the American music at the time like you know segregation of music between like you know black and white stations and yeah. you know Motown and Stevie Wonder and the people like that were so big here they didn't want to compete with that all kinds of things like that long story short like reggae has never been as popular in terms of just people being aware of it in Americas and a lot of other places. So it was interesting for us to play at parties that had like, you know, house music and hip hop and, you know, warehouse parties with like different stuff going on in all different rooms. Sometimes there would be like, you know, kind of Burning Man crowds yeah. that have stuff that wasn't even related to music, you know, just like stilt walkers and oh, carnival, wow. you know, yeah. like marching bands and all kinds of crazy stuff. But people really like responded to that. And it was interesting because it was like, okay, like people would actually ask us like, What's that music that you're? What was that music you guys yeah, are doing? Like, I love it's that. It's brand new to but that. It's like it, they're like, oh, it's kind of like rapping, but it's like, oh, this dude's yeah, singing and it's got some dreadlocks. The thing is, like I said, it's not because of people not wants to like reggae music here where I was marketing. It's more Lack politics, of. business, I mean, all type of thing. But mm -hmm. once people do get the music, we see the reaction. Sometimes people don't even ask themselves, 
probably never heard it before, but yeah. when they get that feeling, it just it's like saying it's that nature sound, that spiritual. Yeah. You don't know nothing about nothing, it just touches something, your brain, your heart, your soul, yeah. something that just yeah. makes you feel like, hey, you know, like positive. Yeah. It's like a spiritual yeah, like sort of vibe. Yeah. In fact, it's funny you say that because like one of the like I first heard reggae as a kid I was like a, a skateboarder and I heard it from a punk band called Bad Brains that played all this like hard, hardcore and then every like six or seven songs they'd play a reggae song sometimes like a dub reggae with a bunch of echoes and stuff and I was always like oh those are really cool like what oh, yeah. I didn't even know what it was as a young kid and then you know as I got older I moved uh, I was in Atlanta then in Philadelphia and when I was in Philly I lived across the street from a, a bunch of guys who were um from the Caribbean, like different islands, and they were DJs, and they would um, late at night just like have their front door would be open, and um, they would be, you know, they'd just be playing music, and uh, it was. A, it, I'm not gonna say it was a house of ill repute, but there were definitely some questionable things going on in there. So I was a little wary of going into the house. It would be like a red light on, and like it's definitely some questionable people going in and out. But I was like. One night I was coming home, it was late, I was just like, all right, I've been here for a while, like, I've, I see these dudes on the street, I think I'm just gonna roll up in there and ask them about this music. And so I rolled up in there and everyone looked at me, I walk in and they're like, you know, what's this dude doing here? And I'm like, what's up, man, I live across the street. And I think they thought I was gonna complain about the sound, so they're all yeah. like, you know, looking at me like screw face. And I was like, oh, I was just curious about the music. And they're like, what about the music? And I'm like, oh, it's I, I'm, I hear you guys playing all the time. I really am interested in what, what it is. I'm not familiar with it. And they're like, oh, you, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, the whole vibe changed. They're like, oh, yeah, cool. You don't know this, they brought me over. They're like showing me some records and stuff. And then the next day, I came out of my house in the afternoon. I'm like, you know, taking my bike out the front door. And one of the dudes leans out the window and says, yo, 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 come over here, man. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And he's like, hold on, hold on. He comes in, comes back, he gives me a mixtape. Oh, no label on it. He's like, yo, I after you left last night, I recorded some stuff on here for you. And I was like, oh, man, I was so, so touched. Nice. And uh, I didn't know what, what it was. It turns out it was an Augustus Pablo tape. Whoa. Yeah. What? And I also, I didn't recognize the instrument on it, which is the melodica, which his dad plays and he plays and I play some as well. But uh, I would listen to that tape for years. I wore that tape That's out so cool. and I and I still didn't even know who it was. And finally, when I moved to New York, someone told me like, oh, yo, this is like Augustus Pablo. And then took me to the record store and helped me like, you know, find stuff. And I got a scratch album. I'd heard like, I'd heard some scratch album when I was younger from yeah. some guy who was like a surfer from Florida, played it to me one time in a car, the Blackboard Jungle album. And uh, yeah, so it's like, it's interesting how you can get drawn in to yeah. a journey to dis discover things and you know like Addis was saying it's like a lot of times people just never been exposed to it and when they do they're like oh exactly. I mean I guess I'm describing my own experience but it it was like accidental and it was a long road so I feel sure. like one of the things like for us with Scratch um, we tried to do a lot in the last 10 years was like expose him to people who didn't know him because to me like even if you've ever seen photos of him, his whole like fashion and stuff, it was like, mm -hmm. you know, his whole obsession even with fire and stuff. We joked that like, he was like Burning Man. That whole event <laughs> was that, like, he's, he's, he's the dude, like, he's the whole fresh. movement. He's like the real thing Sometimes though. Sometimes it's hard to describe stuff. Basically this whole new age where like people start, even though you had some stuff from like the 70s, people were tapping into that, but he maintained what's an original from day one basically. His whole life he's just been that. Yeah. Person. Been That's told, true, but yeah. as a skin, you know, naturally his yeah. style is way uh, and, and like so ahead cool. of his time, you know. So, thousands of years. Like, so, yeah. yeah. 
I, f I felt like, you know, this dude was so ahead of his time that maybe like exposing him to young people now, they would get him more than people did. You, you often said like, ah, oh, you know, Jamaicans don't really like me, to be honest. <laughs> they, Jamaicans respect him, but I think a yeah. lot of Jamaicans like, man, he's got a little different you know? because Jamaicans are somewhat traditional people. I keep things yeah. orthodox in terms. Not everybody, but yeah. like keeping things, you know? Yeah. You know, you're rusty, like you stick to it, you know? So yeah. kind of outside of that. People right. respect it, but they might not get it. Yes, yeah. right. They hate it, but it's like, you know, yeah. they, really, they can't process it, basically. It's too much for them yeah. to, to follow. But that's what he says. A lot of people thought he was crazy. <laughs> And he kind of went with it because he's like, no one bothers a madman. It worked. It <laughs> you know? worked for him. Yeah, it worked. In that time, Jamaica was really, as he said, a few documentaries I watched with him, and he's saying, like, yeah, the police after him, soldiers, extortions, badman tongues. So yeah. when he started, people started, it's like, that kind of helped to sh push somebody's safety um, yeah, away from him. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what was early, I think. If he didn't do that, who knows what that. Yeah. Because so many other of his counterparts were. Either so it was like interesting yeah. to go and play uh we sometimes would play events that were like all electronic music mm -hmm. festivals like uh you know all djs and we'd be the only like you know quote unquote band there though well you know what we do is a little bit in between a band and a, and a dj sort of thing and uh and and people loved it and loved him and it was just like that was a great feeling to feel like uh you know we got to expose him to people yeah. kind of like they took a shortcut to like getting into that rather than having to go through like you know the the long drawn out process of stumbling upon it you know yeah. or, or the, the 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 fact that he could be like forgotten in a way you sure. know so it was good to feel like yeah he was ahead of his time and young people get him and then go out there and do it and get to you know played it like places like Coachella and things like that as well and you know they don't normally put I don't know if they'd had any reggae hardly on Coachella at the time we played there in like 2013, maybe one or two. They've had more since then, but you know, just to to get to uh, you know have him in front of like an audience that might not be familiar with him and have you know have him like win them over. It felt like okay, yeah, like our suspicions great. were correct. Yeah, <laughs> our suspicions were correct. People just need to to hear it. You know? Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, this is your last show of the tour, correct? Yeah, this okay. tour, but you know, this is like the first leg of the tour, I would say. I think sure. we're going to do more of these memorial shows, just trying to figure out like the right time and place oh, awesome. for it. But you know, this was a, like I said, it was a little bit of a test to see if we could do it just like logistically and yeah. you know, how people would react to it and everything. So yeah, you know, and um, I mean, we, uh, We've actually been doing a lot of work with other people besides Scratch over the past year and putting out other releases like the singer Screechy Dan who is singing with us tonight. We put out several things with him and um, a singer from Brazil named Junior Dread. And so it's kind of good for we put committed so much to Scratch the last decade that in, in this time off we kind of found ourselves a little bit but you know 
the feeling like, oh, we're never going to go out and play with him again, being able to go out and play the music together before we move on to whatever. I mean, we're never going to not play his music because right. that's also part of like preserving yeah. his history. I think we're all like conscious of that. You know, Larry, who plays congas with us, he's 84. He's known Scratch since the mid 60s. So they're wow. like, you know, and they've worked together off and on over the decades. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's like real history. And, um, yeah, so it's like even with Larry still in the band, there's an element of like, you know, this is the chain is still like the unbroken. Still there, yeah. yeah, I mean, there are not a lot of. I don't think there are a lot of groups that have uh, you know people who span from like we have you know some singers who work with us, a woman who sings with us, Talia, you know, like in her 20s. We have people in their 80s and 20s all That's in the awesome. same band playing together. You don't see that too often, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like that. I think about that a lot too, just like that sense of people from. Mm -hmm different generations and cultures coming together there's yeah, like yeah beautiful. there's there's something special about that too so mm -hmm. yeah I'm just thankful it's to be able to do that it's for everybody not just any yeah. demographic or any yeah yeah age group so that's great yeah awesome well uh, I think that's all the questions that's, I yeah. have but okay. I, I do have one that's, more I have one more well, final one more, yeah. question um my podcast is food based so what is your favorite food you're, it's food based yeah oh wow you know I love all kinds of food I love um, I mean I just love good food kind of like music like people are like what kind of music do you like like oh you probably just listen to reggae I'm like no I, I just like good music good like music, doesn't yeah. matter what it is but you know to me I, I have to say like I used to eat a lot more meat and things like that I've mm -hmm. gotten gotten away from that like I love I definitely still eat fish I, I love a good meal with some fish but sure. you know trying to get more into um I would say I like to eat light and healthy. Sure. And um, yeah, a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits, a little bit of fish here and there. Do you have a favorite vegetable? Uh, favorite vegetable? I mean, I'm rocking with the onion all the time. Really? I don't know if a lot of people would say that onion. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm also really up on, no, not like okay. an apple or anything. Cool. I'm just saying, I put it in the mix <laughs> with everything. Yeah. But, um, I've been getting really into mushrooms lately. Ooh, yeah. Hen of the woods mushroom. If I had to say, like, what's my current, like, cool new food, that's what I'm about. Hen of the woods mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Do you go find that yourself? Is that... No, I'm not that okay. adventurous. <laughs> I mean, okay. if you're not careful, you get the wrong right. mushroom, like, it might be a wrap for you. Yeah. So, I'm not trying <laughs> to... Yeah. 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 I'm not trying to end myself yeah. Mushrooms quick. are risky. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave that up to the professionals. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to stay in my lane. I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. So, awesome. You know, yeah. <laughs> Foraging mushrooms is not in my, like, yeah. you know, that's not one of my fortes <laughs> this point in time. Yeah. Just stick with the music, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having, having yeah, me. For All right. Sure.